Hi, y'all. It's me, the Red Baron. Fa- famous German fighter pilot, Red Baron. It's it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. And my airplane is so fast that you don't even see me before I shoot your plane out of the sky. Do you buy your thermometer, sir? Is that a challenge? Do you buy your thermometer? Fun. Let's have a duel. Challenge accepted. If you wanna 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 come over, if you wanna 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 go ride, if you wanna 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 come over. Hi ho there, and good day. You've stumbled upon the Duder Else podcast, the weekly challenge podcast where two regular guys talk about stuff and do things. I'm Dustin Graham, and I'm joined by the number one realtor in Atlanta, Ryan Sells Atlanta.com Sedgwick. How's it going, Ryan? That's not a real website. I'm sure that's someone else's website, but it's going great, Dustin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hello and welcome. <laughs> It's cold in the city. It's cold this, Feb- as of recording, February 1st. Dustin, what, made are you, it. what are you wearing? A t-shirt, oh. pants, and shoes. Now, we're recording a little later than we normally would. Are you wearing regular pants or inside pants? Um, these are my khakis. Oh, regular pants. These are just regular, my, my outdoor working man pants, I guess. No, oh, that's pretty good. I'm all bundled up, man. I got like, I got a hoodie on. I got jeans. I got. I, just, I normally wouldn't wear socks in the house, but I'm wearing socks because it's cold. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cold Georgia days, and in a few days it might be 60 degrees, 65 degrees. But right now it's probably dipping into the 30s at the moment. That's enough old guy weather talk. Well, I'm telling uh, you, it's the perfect weather to snuggle up on the couch and catch a flick. Yeah, man. We decided to watch some movies. Rank well. First, there was for me. This was a hard analytical challenge, like a research analytical challenge. It's a two parter. We'll that later. Two stage challenge. Hard. It was hard, man. It was hard for me to pick and then watch these movies. Yeah. So it was. Let me. I just want to get it clearly spoken in the beginning. It was make a list the challenge of your five favorite movies based on rating. P- well, not G- five, four. Oh, yeah. F- thank you. G, PG, PG-13, and R. Unless you did an NC-17 movie <laughs> and watched Showgirls, because that's that like some... the only NC-17 movie I can think of. Yeah, that's the only one I can pull. Is Was Requiem for a Dream an NC-17 movie? It was rated R, but I think there is a director's cut that's pretty graphic that would be considered NC-17. I don't know what I saw. I saw it. In college, my f- sophomore year, uh, by myself, it was a mistake. Don't ever watch that movie. I think watch that movie. I think at least oh. once watch that movie, and it will keep you from uh, that hard drug life. Yeah, you know? you, yeah. I mean, I hope so. Ugh, heroin's the worst, isn't it, Dustin? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely the worst. It really can is we, the fucking worst. Can we not talk about the worst stuff right now? <laughs> it's let's the worst. let's get into. Why we're gonna do something about, a little. Why are we we're talking about heroin we're, on the show. We're gonna come at this you week a on the show. Here. Do some heroin. <laughs> Interesting facts. No. <laughs> Interesting facts about heroin. The first cartoon character to do heroin was actually Eeyore. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, yeah, you you. Uh, the first thing you got to know is that Eeyore sold his original tail for some smack, <laughs> and that's why he's got that that fake one pinned on. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah. Well, it's a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. Let's let's talk about our movies. We're gonna do we're gonna do something a little crazy, okay? Our interesting facts are gonna blend in with our experience segment, Ooh. so you get one less ukulele. Sorry, babies. But no, no, no. I think we can still I think we can still fit in the ukulele. I got a plan. All right, well, let's fit one in right now. DSL was the dream, Dustin. I'm telling you, it's what I wanted. I remember wanting DSL. It brought small clips of movies to you just a little bit faster than dialogue. Exactly. You know? But then but then we had to get uh, cable internet, and I don't remember cable. the switch to cable internet. I don't know it, how it, it happened. happened. 
It yeah. happened when your dad got the bundle of like Xfinity or Comcast or whatever, the phone line and the cable internet. And now there's the dream. There's the dream of gigabyte like uh, fiber optic connection. Yeah. I'm not living with, that dream. I know some, no of, some of our listeners are living that yeah. dream. No TV service, no phone line, just a gig of Google Fiber, dude. Dude, dude, so, download Derek. What were you calling him? Dial up Derek. Dial up Derek. Okay, babies, uh, you don't know why we're talking about this. We were talking off air, but it's well, time we, talking, we get into our movies. Yeah, and sometimes you just got to go way back in your head, in the way, way back machine, like remembering when dial up was a thing and you didn't have internet to watch TV or watch movies. You popped in a good old fashioned VHS and we had to rank our movies, our favorite movies, G PG PG 13 and R. Um, and I wanted to rank them like as an adult, like an analytical adult and like, but then I stopped myself and was like, no dude, when you were fucking four and G movies were your jam, that's what, what was you your watched. favorite G movie. So I'm going to start my favorite G movie hands down was rescuers down under rescuers. So that's, uh, is that's Fifle, right? Similar. It's a mouse movie by Disney. Okay. Okay. It's a different one. Five Fivel, an American tale was Don Bluth, an ex Disney animator. So the reason Fivel is confused with being a Disney production because a Disney animator made it, but he wanted to make darker and scarier cartoons. So, but Rescuers Down Under, here's my fun fact, made in 1990, was the first 100% digital feature film ever made. Wait, it's a, it's a, wait, it was made in 1990? So here's how it goes. And it's a digital movie, not a cartoon. It is a cartoon. The animation and background were animated by hand in the traditional, like, Disney style using cells, um, but all of the coloring... And the final film prints were done on a digital format. So they, um, you know, stored everything on a big-ass hard drive back in 1990. And this That's was one so of the cool. first digital movies. So, like, if you're looking at some grading, of the... The color grading. The color. Yeah, if you're looking... Exactly. If you're looking at some of the movies, like the opening shot, the whole movie takes place in Australia, so it's fucking badass. And the opening comes with this, like, huge shot of this, like, landscape scene if you were, like, a helicopter buzzing the ground, but it's just, like, I don't know. You gotta see it. Rescuers Down Under, cool mice movie, starts with this little boy free climbing, like, a 400-foot desert tower to save a golden eagle who's been trapped by a poacher, and then he gets knocked off the cliff by the poacher, and it starts off with, like, holy shit, this kid's gonna die, pancake, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, awesome movie. It, like, it got all the right notes for... Young Dustin. Rescuers I, Down I Under. I just looked G. it up. I, I recognize this movie. It's the one with the nice lady mouse in a beret and yep. the and and her husband. Miss mouse? Bianca. And he's he's English and she's French, is that right? She's French and he's American. It's Bob he's Newhart. American. That's Bernard, yeah. Oh, and then there's like a kind of swarthy cool yeah, it's a kangaroo uh, mouse. He's got like big old hoppy legs. And he's he's, <laughs> he's Jake. Okay, and he's cool. He's Crocodile Dundee. He's suave as shit. And what are they trying to do in the movie? Like, what what do they do? They're or did you watch it? Did you watch it this week? No, you don't I have watched, to have watched. All I watched of them. clips. Yeah. I watched. I watched all the clips I could find on the internet because I couldn't find it streaming. But um, the and the VHS tapes are at my parents' house, so I didn't go get them. But Fair anyways, um, could you can you tell watching the movie that the coloring's digital or does it look the same as anything else. I think there are only a few scenes where you can tell, like, this looks different from any other animation movie that you've ever seen. Okay. Um, it's it's in these, like, high-speed shots where the background is moving by really fast, but it's, like, it's really crisp. Like, there's the opening shot. There's a scene when, like, they're flying over uh, Australia, and you can see Sydney and, the like, the opera oh, house. Like, cool. all that stuff in the background, like, these really cool background images or have this like very crisp look to them. And I think that's the digital sharpness that they had at the time, but it's like, 
in Aladdin, just a few years later, that had a lot of computer animation, but it's just done in like this coloring way. It's not doing 3D effects. It's it's computer color, you know, and right. textures on yeah. hand-drawn images. That's awesome. Yeah, I know there was like some digital animation in uh, The Lion King, which is a, yeah. a, a beloved movie of mine. Like the Stampede, I guess those are like digitally animated um, the wildebeest. The wildebeest yeah. are, but nothing else is, kind of thing. Which is interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was thinking about my favorite G-rated mu- movies, and unfortunately, mine did get painted with age. I couldn't uh, bring myself back to eight-year-old Ryan uh, rocking on Aladdin or whatever. Um. I. It's hard for me not to pick a Pixar movie uh-huh. when it comes to G ratings. And in my opinion, my favorite Pixar film is going to be Wally. Wally, yeah, fantastic so for, G movie. Yeah, two thousand eight, Andrew Stanton, uh, the little trash compacting robot, robot who falls in love with Eva. Yeah, and uh, in turn saves humanity, who's who's gotten real fat on a spaceship. That movie really takes a turn when they get to the spaceship. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. Quite a few times. It's it's a great example of like doing doing more with less. Like good artists can limit their materials, you know, and do really good paintings with like two colors or whatever. Like Absolutely. Pablo they, Picasso had his blue period, right? Or right. was that Van Gogh, I can't remember. Sure, but but um, Wally, he d- he just says one word, you know, kind of like Groot. It's just like, how do you inflect Wally? Wally, you know, like all that stuff. Eva, and then um, right, and they like don't the- even have elbows. Like Wally and Eva have like these straight arms and stuff. Like they don't even have fully expressive bodies, but, but somehow they do in their own way, through. which I think is really cool. In Wally's eyes analog move like his, his well that's what i was gonna talk about actually. eyebrows too you know that's my interesting fact because i oh, think neat. so much of the movie hinges on wally's face um that i learned uh andrew stanton the director actually came up with wally's face while at a it was either a baseball or a basketball game i couldn't really get clarification on that um but somebody handed him a pair of binoculars mm-hmm. and apparently he missed half the game just playing with the binoculars and like making them sad and happy, like as like <laughs> eye positions. And like you can see that totally on Wally. Yeah. Um, just some like really, really great character design of this little emotional robot, uh, just like by the tilt of his little yeah. binocular eyes. I, I loved it. I love that too. Here's another interesting fact. So you say Wally takes a sharp turn when they reach the spaceship because the computer is like a, is a evil computer. Yep. Um, that is influenced by the computer Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey, right. also a G-rated movie. 2001 and is G-rated. Yeah. I so guess that I makes was, sense. Like, Nothing happened. I was, yeah. Like, you know, it's... Wait, does a monkey murder another monkey in the beginning? Yeah, it's full-on monkey wars, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it's not, like, overly violent. It's still It was still, like, made in, you know, the 60s, I believe. It was in the, finished in the late 60s. Um and like the violence that happens is so out there that it is it's still I don't know it's art. Well, than, I mean more than violence, and it follows the classic tale, Dustin, of you know ape to man, man to astronaut, astronaut to star child. I mean it's a it's a story as old as time. Yeah, duh. <laughs> What's your PG movie? All right. We might have the same PG movie. I, might, I know we, we do. I'm confident but we do. On the count of three, we're going to say it at the same time. Okay. One, two, three. The Sandlot. The Hook. Okay. Oh, we got it separate. You got Sandlot. Said, that's the, that's yeah. a great one. That's Sandlot. like the classic bus movie. You're Dude. on, a, you're on a, a big bus that has TVs with your cross-country team or whatever. What are we watching? We're watching Sandlot. Sandlot. So that came out in 1993. Seven-year-old Dustin loved that movie. Um, probably saw it like four times in the theaters. 
And <laughs> at the end of the movie, when they would play Wipeout during that chase scene, no joke, my mom can attest to this. Like I would go over to the side of the movie theater, like and where no one was sitting, and I would stand up in the seats, like, and I would pretend to be surfing. Like I was just having so much fun watching <laughs> this like running scene. Your I mom just, would like, let you run around in the movie theater. No, I wouldn't run around in the movie theater. Well, you I just like got up out of your seat and the, went somewhere. I went to the seat against the wall all by myself, and I was like standing in the seat, like surfing on the cushion, like jumping when Benny would jump. You know, whoops, I dropped oh my, my phone. God. But I would like jump when he would jump and pretend to run when he was run. Remember when there used to be a curtain on that last, like right on the edge of the theater, there would be like a hung curtain. Yeah, it's for acoustics for the sound. Yeah, they don't do that. I don't know why that changed. Oh. oh my God, Sandlot, dude! I love Sandlot. Um, that that uh, lifeguard scene—that's uh, oh. gonna be stuck in my head forever. Wendy Peppercorn. Squints had kissed a woman, and he kissed her long, and good. <laughs> um, but back to my uh, interesting fact. So, in Benny the Jet Rodriguez's dream, before he goes and challenges the Beast, uh, he has a dream where he meets Babe Ruth, and he gives him the talk. The about to, great you know, Bambino. Like, yeah, the great Bambino. He's like, heroes get remembered, but legends never die, you know? Mm-hmm. But on his way out, Babe Ruth, like, sees one of his baseball cards on uh, Benny's collectible baseball cards on the table, and he picks it up and he goes, Henry, or uh, he goes, Henry Aaron. Hmm. I don't know why, but can I have this? And it's a Hank Aaron, like, rookie baseball card. And Hank Aaron, who passed away last week rest in peace um he broke babe ruth's all-time home run record dustin that gave me chills i did not know that that was in the movie yeah that's so it's sweet re- yeah it's a real there um going through the facts and trivia of the sandlot was super fun on imdb.com and like i it was really hard to pick which ones i would i would use for this but since i saw the hank aaron thing and Hank Aaron recently passed away. He's like, yeah, we're doing that one. Um, but I love so many interesting facts about like how the kids like hung out together um, when they were filming. You know, it was it was definitely the summer, so like they were hot as shit all the time. It was like a summer vacation. They snuck out and they snuck into a movie theater to go see Basic Instinct, which was rated R because that was like the hot, <laughs> sexy movie at the time. You know, so like they were all getting into trouble and stuff like that. It was it. It seemed like it was a blast to make that movie as one of those kid actors. I love it, man. All right, tell me about Hook. Why do you like Hook so much? Um, Hook is that movie that has just been with me forever. Hook is the 1991 Steven Spielberg classic uh, starring Robin Williams and a million other movie stars. Uh, Julia Roberts. Yes, Tinkerbell. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Bob Hoskins. Who? Shmi, Bob Hodgkins, yeah, Shmi, Shmi, don't try to stop me, Shmi, no, don't you no. dare try to stop me, Shmi. Wouldn't, wouldn't stop, dream of it. Stop me, Shmi. I'm oh, committing oh, suicide, oh. Shmi. <laughs> I just I was like, damn it, Shmi. Those two guys are just really terrific. Um, you know, young. I, I I was looking at some facts for this one too, but young Peter Pan is actually played by Dustin Hoffman's son. Oh, cool. Yeah. His son. And then I also learned that this movie was supposed to be made in like 1980, but Steven Spielberg ha- had a had a son born uh, named Max, and he wanted to spend more time with his family. Uh-huh. So he took a few years uh, to create this movie, or like almost the whole decade. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's kind of fun too, because isn't the boy in the movie, isn't his name Max too? Jack. Oh, it's Jack. Run home, Jack. That's what it yeah. is. Um, but yeah, thank you for correcting me. I was confused about that. But my interesting fact is that there are so many cameos in this movie. Some of them don't get noticed. Um, like, did you know Glenn Close is in the movie? The boo box. The male pirate early in the movie who Captain Hook uh, decides needs to go into the boo boo box, which is like who a wooden it? box that they who put was scorpions it? in it. Yeah. One of you doubted me. Who was it? You. Right <laughs> there. 
And yeah, that that actor is Glenn Close, who like a lot of people will know from like I don't know, 101 Dalmatians or something. She's Cruella Deville. Yeah, like you know, Glenn Close, Fatal Attraction. I don't know. Madam She's been Vice forever. President, Air Force One. There you go. The great. You the can great, see her eyes. I'm sure she has. It's an in Oscar. her eyes. You know, you can tell. Yeah, it's for in her sure. eyes. But I, you know, I don't, I didn't know that until I was probably in my late teens. Agreed. And I've yeah. probably watched Hook a million times. Because if I can just admit something to you, Hook was kind of my move as a as a teen. Ooh, okay. All right. It was kind of my move, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, come on over, like we'll hang out, like let's watch a movie. Yeah. You were pulling It was the, always that the, that VHS of Hook. Yeah, you were Boom. doing that nostalgia vibe right away, man. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, you want to put on like some sexy music or something to set the mood. No. I find Hook is a real natural aphrodisiac. Am I saying that word right? Yep. Aphrodi- aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac? Better than a sack of clams or oysters. <laughs> All right. So that's our G and PG. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with the adult stuff. Come on, Squints. You can do it. Pull through, bud. Yeah, he looks pretty crappy. Oh, my God. God, he looks like a dead fish. Dustin, what's your PG-13 movie? Oh, you don't want to talk about the Sandlot Windy Peppercorn? I mean, I I couldn't stop thinking about Windy Peppercorn, but I'll, I can move on. Um, PG-13 movie. This is a huge range of movies. So many. This, movies there's probably aim. more PG-13 movies than any other kind, right? Yeah, like the the. Producers know that this is the largest net you can cast when it comes to, you know, giving a movie a rating. Um, there are a lot of good PG-13 movies and a lot of bad PG-13 movies. And the movie that uh, blew me away when I was a young, influential... Hmm, I guess it was like fourth grade, fifth grade, when, when you're 12 or 13... Is that right? Sixth grade? I don't know. Yeah. But wait, thirteen? PG thirteen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think aren't you thirteen in eighth grade? Maybe you're right. I don't know. I was seeing PG thirteen movies when I was nine, I can tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, the fifth element is my favorite PG thirteen oh, movie. You showed me this movie the for the first time. I've talked about this movie a lot. This is Probably one of my favorite movies. Gary Oldman. A lot Oldman, of reasons. Yeah, Chris Bruce Willis, Tucker. Gary Oldman, Mila Jovovich, Chris Tucker, Ian Holm. A lot of really good character acting. Bright, loud, beautiful colors. Uh, one of the that last three movies. three lady. Blue lady. One of the last movies to use, like, heavy visual in-camera practical effects, practical explosions, like, not that much CGI. If there is CGI, it's done really well. Um and it's used for more like background stuff like that. Uh, there's like the car chase scene. Right. You know, that car chase scene still holds up. And it's an awesome 3D, 3D animation um, that's like cut really well between like Bruce Willis and his flying taxi. You know, it's like slowly breaking around him. Just that. Oh, it's just so cool. And the music's awesome. It's great. But uh, my. my uh, Corbin. Corbin. Like Corbin, Chris, Corbin, Chris Tucker Corbin, in that movie. I Corbin. guess he's like. Kind of Prince, but like a little sillier, and he is yeah. He's like awesome. Space Prince DJ. Mm-hmm. He does a, a galactic radio show that's live, <laughs> and, and <laughs> Ruby Rod, and he's like this androgynous, like flamboyant guy that bangs space stewardesses on the spaceship, and then wears like a dress to the opera. <laughs> bravo, bravo. So this movie no, 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 is no, no. directed by a director named Luc Besson. Are you familiar Luke with his... Luc Besson. Uh, He's a Frenchman. Yeah. Uh, a, a little problematic uh, as a director, dating really young women um, And all, all of his time. all of his movies are shoot-em-ups. Um, like almost a lot with, of them are. I'm looking through of them. So like Leon the Professional. That's Fantastic. like what Natalie Young Portman's Natalie Portman. Uh, Lucy. And, uh, what? Lucy, which is like uh, just sort of like... He's got a lot of like girl action movies, actually. Yeah, he likes working with pretty women. Yeah. Oh, the Taken movies. Yeah. He's good at he's good at action. What, what can you say? 
Uh, oh, the transport. Here's something interesting wow. about the movie. Gary Oldman is the bad guy. I think he plays a great bad guy, mm-hmm. but he yeah, hates awesome. this role. Really? He, he hates this movie. What and does he think he did wrong? Well, he just says, when asked about it, his response was, I can't bear it regarding his role. He's like, it was me singing for supper. So apparently he and Luc Besson are very good friends. And uh, Gary Oldman directed a movie and um, uh, Luc Besson helped finance that movie. So he accepted the role of Zorg without reading the script and just said, yeah, I'll do it for sure to like repay you. So... Yeah, I, I guess a, for a serious actor like Gary Oldman, it who I think he care, thinks of himself as a serious actor. I mean, he really is. He's uh, just like the best character actor yeah. ever, probably. I think Johnny Depp would like to be, but I think it's Gary Oldman. Um, oh man, I don't know Rob Schneider. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> don't I'm not bullshitting. Fantastic character actor. No, I don't agree at all. Because when I see Rob Schneider acting, all I see is Rob Schneider acting. Like, I, Gary Oldman disappears. And, like, Edward Scissorhands is not Johnny Depp. That's Edward Scissorhands. You know, but, like, uh, you can do it! That That's Rob Schneider. Okay. Right? Well, you don't agree? Uh, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> Oh, man, I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. No, Gary Oldman's good. Rob <laughs> Schneider was a joke, but he's got chops. So why why, uh, why, why did this stick as like your favorite PG-13 of all of them? It's just my all-time favorite movie when, if it pops up on TV and I'm watching like live TV, the few times I'm watching live TV and I'm surfing through channels like at a hotel... If it's on, I'm watching it. Doesn't matter where, I'll watch it. Um, it's just super colorful, super kinetic, super. It's pretty funny. It's it's very funny. Like the the dialogue is really fast when it needs to be funny and light. Then it's it knows when to slow down. Like it's just got a really good tempo as far as like bringing you up, hitting you with some laughs, dropping you into like oh shit, it's getting real. Um, the colors, the music is incredible. There's love story involved. There's like this background, like almost noir vibe of Bruce Willis. Like you don't know what he used to do in the war. He was definitely in the war because look at all this stuff that he's got on his shelf. And he's he's just a hard living single dude whose wife left him years ago and he's driving a cab, man. And the voice on the phone, if you don't remember, uh, I'm blowing you up with facts here. That's Vin yeah. Diesel. <laughs> oh, it's Vin Diesel? Yeah, his name's Finger. He's like, you got to bring your cab in for a three-month overhaul. And he's like, uh, okay, Finger. <laughs> okay. But he never brings in that cab. All right. So when I was thinking about, is it okay if we've switched to mine? I'm tired of hearing about Jeez, yours. I thought you never would. <laughs> so when I was thinking about PG-13, like you said, there's like an unlimited list of movies. Um but I just had to go with the one that I, I I just like it the most, right? That's how we were picking these. We were picking them of like the one I like the most. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go with Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Dude, what a bold choice. That's a good movie. It is the uh, Russell star starring uh, Paul Bettany and Russell Crowe, right? Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. Yep. Um, Napoleonic naval war movie. Uh, one ship against another, one British ship versus one French ship. Uh, and just like a battle of wills and wits between Cat these. Cat mouse these, game on the high seas. On the high seas. It starts like off the coast of Brazil. Uh, then they, they round the horn and you end up like around like the, what is it? The, the Canary Island? No, is it? The Galapagos? The Galapagos. Yeah, they end up yeah. around the Galapagos. And... Um, it's just an incredible movie, and for a lot of the same reasons that you picked The Fifth Element, because so many of the effects are in-camera effects, um, I had to go with this movie. One, because I just love ship movies. Like, I love yeah. submarine movies, and I don't... Like, there's a there's a, a movie hey, does on... You, does your, do you share this affinity with ships and submarines with your dad? 
Yeah. So if you ever talk to my dad, my dad's favorite kind of m- movies are submarine movies and talking dog movies. <laughs> like <laughs> as a genre. And uh, yeah, definitely. Like the hunt for red October and stuff like that. Like I just like adore it. Um, there is a, there's a one on Apple TV. If you guys have access to Apple TV, like, so I think the rule is if you've bought an Apple device in the last year, you can have free Apple TV. Oh, how about and, that? um, Tom Hanks like wrote, directed and stars in a movie on Apple TV plus or whatever it's called, called Greyhound right now, which is a world war two Naval movie that came out like during quarantine. It's incredible. Like huh. I love it. It's great. But Never it, heard of it, 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 it Oh, you have to watch it, dude. It's I've watched it like ten times, but it pales in comparison to the wonder that is Master and Commander. And I think what makes Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World so great is that most everything in the movie is real. Um, yeah, like they built that ship and they filmed on that ship. They built that ship. They filmed on that ship. Uh, there were a couple ships they used in the making of the movie. They're real wooden tall ships with real crews. Um, and like, did they make ships just to blow up and like break apart? So there are there are like there are some models and stuff like that that they were blowing up. Um, and there there are also some like soundstage sets, but like it's yeah it's real stuff getting blown apart. But like one of the craziest scenes of the movie is when they're rounding the the Cape uh, of South America, the Cape Horn, I guess it's called. Um, that's real. They're in this massive storm. That really happened. Uh, cool. They really sailed that ship. In that storm, like it, it's all real. Like they, they had to grow hemp to make ropes because nobody makes hemp ropes anymore. They, um, Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany literally learned how to play the violin and the cello. They're really playing in that movie. That's uh, awesome. There's all these scenes. Like, uh, I could go on and on about like what's real. Like even there's like a funny scene. Where Russell Crowe and, the, and all the cap, all, all the uh, officers are sitting around the table getting drunk, um, and Russell Crowe gives a toast like uh, to our wives and our sweethearts, and everybody's like, "Oh, to our wives and our sweethearts," and he goes, "May they never meet," which apparently in the <laughs> Royal Navy is still a toast. Like on Saturdays, that's how they toast in the Royal Navy. So, um, yeah, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World for me, number one PG thirteen movie. Awesome that that detail about the hemp rope them. Uh, growing and manufacturing their own hemp ropes. Super cool. Very, like, uh, dedicated to the time and, like, the accuracy of the materials they would have on the ship. And Absolutely. And I, it's it's weird. Like, rope plays a major role in the movie. Um, like, before the final battle, uh, he's giving a, the captain's giving a speech to his men, and he's like, He's like describing like what they're gonna do in this big final battle, and he's like, "Well, every man stick to your gun or your or or to your rope, because in a naval battle, both of those things are important." Um, yeah, yeah, it's just so cool, super cool. Very what's cool. what's your R movie? R, R. What's your R? What's your R? You missed that chance. There's, well, there's no there's no like silly. What's your pirate R bullshit? The French movie. ship is a privateer ship, not a pirate ship. Okay. What's your R movie? All right. So here it goes. <laughs> we're we're on pins and needles. Are you on? Are you ready? Tinter Lebowski. Oh, that's a Dustin great choice. My favorite rated R movie is The Big Lebowski. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, if you're younger than us, find <laughs> this movie and watch it. It's timeless. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Coen Brothers. Um, full of amazing actors, great cameos, guest spots, um, one-liners, quotable scenes. I was going like, to say, this has to rank up there for you because you love quoting movies, and this is the most quotable movie. For so many scenarios, you can drop a quote like, if someone's trying to interrupt you, uh, or <laughs> like uh, when he says, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie," he's right. like, "Were you listening to the dude's story? Huh? Were you listening to the dude's story? I was bowling. Well, you have no frame of reference. You're like a child who wanders into the middle of a movie and wants to know what's going on. Like, 
careful, <laughs> man. There's a beverage here. I love it. Yeah, there's <laughs> like, a beverage here, man. Uh, it's like suck your cock for a thousand dollars. That's marvelous. You know, obviously like, you're not a golfer, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he drops. He drops that bowling ball, and I just love how it shatters his floor. And like, he's already got his head dunked in the toilet, and then you see him like drop it on the ground and like fucks up his floor. And he's just like, and then he, he's like, "This guy's a loser," and he pisses on his carpet. It really tied the room together. Yeah, uh, I love he, that. Movie, he peed man. on the dude's rug, but but it's more than that, right? It's not the it's, quotability of the movie. It's just the heart and soul of it. It's like here is a here is a here is a bumbling idiot that shouldn't there a movie shouldn't be made around this guy, but they did. And it's just so funny to follow him stumble into this weird kidnapping conspiracy plot like who done it. It's a another twist on the private eye noir, but instead of being a private eye, you know, he's the dude. He's Absolutely, his, the dude abides. Jellies, he's in his jellies, which were uh, Jeff Bridges' shoes. A lot of his, this isn't my interesting fact, but a lot of those clothes the dude wears are just his clothes. That's like Jeff Bridges' wardrobe. So that's pretty awesome. Love but, it. Yeah, what's your interesting fact for this one? Interesting fact is that in an early draft of the script, uh, the dude's source of income was revealed that he was going to be an heir to the inventor of the Rubik's Cube. So check out episode 10, Solve the Rubik's Cube. We did I that, love it, but, dude. Great uh, art. They decided to Great take that book. out. Yeah, you don't, need, you don't need backstory for the dude. No. It would, it, would only, it would only do harm. Exactly. What, is he, what does he say in the beginning with the cowboy? says, like, sometimes there's a man. Well, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, and he's the man for his time or something yeah. like that. I'm not going to say hero, because what's a hero, but he's the man. Dustin, Uh, I... Sam Elliott. Yeah. I am so blown away that you chose The Big Lebowski, because I am just now realizing I chose a very similar movie for my R pick. Okay, okay. I chose a movie where basically a stoner dude um, bumbles his way through kind of a a funny take on a classic detective noir story um, and through following his own morality and not really relying on the morality of those around him or, or society at large, but by following his own way, uh, cracks the case and basically ends up the same as he started, just like the dude does. Is your movie also The Big Lebowski? Uh, no, my movie is Inherent Vice. It's oh. it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, you, a lot of people will know him from There Will Be Blood, probably, or uh, The Phantom Thread, his more recent movie. One of the greatest living directors, I think. I have not seen this movie, Ryan. This movie stars Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix is this just stoner dude who his ex-girlfriend shows up and wants him to crack a case. And it's very confusing. Uh, and I hate to be one of those people like, oh, you got to watch it a couple times. It's uh-huh. not like I, I, I normally would not appreciate a movie that needs to be watched a couple times. But Inherent Vice is the kind of movie that if you watch it once every three years, you will understand more about what's actually happening in the story. And it becomes more and more meaningful as you go because – for one, Joaquin, Paul Thomas Anderson and Joaquin Phoenix are two of the greatest people working. Um, yeah, just, yeah. just in, inherently. Sure. They're like the two of the most talented people. Um, like a year ago or so, Dustin, you and I were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, yep. And I think this movie is important for the same or, or is meaningful for the same ways that that movie is meaningful, where both movies take place um, – on that bridge in 1969 to 1970. Hmm. Um, because that's when the Manson murders happened uh, in yeah. the late 1969. And that's when the 60s ended, right? Uh, there's yeah. Altamont or something like that. But like, it's really where uh, the peace and free love society moved into the uh, 
full on, you know, greed is good moving itself into the eighties, uh, seventies where, you know, it's like cocaine and disco, right. Where yeah. it's, it's all about the facade. Um, and the hero of inherent vice, like doesn't buy into any of that. He's just like a, like, just like a man with his own moral compass. He's so much like the dude. It's a great comedy. Um, highly, highly recommend. That's why it's my number one R rated movie. Inherent vice. Awesome. Oh, I should say the, my interesting fact, um, it's uh it's based on a Thomas P- Pichon. I always forget how to pronounce that guy's name. Uh, he's a novelist. It's based on a, a book of his called Inherent Vice, and it follows it actually pretty closely. And the way uh, Paul Thomas Anderson wrote the script was first he typed the entire book. Um, Whoa! On, on, I think on a typewriter or something. That's how he started. He just <laughs> typed the book itself, so he knew it, you know, like in his bones in that way, that kind of muscle memory yeah. with the original text, and then goes on to write the screenplay for it. But yeah, you guys got to see it. I don't know if I, you might not like it right away, but like give it a couple tries. Inherent. Neat. Place. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. put that on my list. Uh, before we check out of this segment, let's, let's give it up to our, uh, our listener from down under. Oh Ms. yeah. Elsie Barnett. Thank you for uh, sending in your uh, lineup. You've got, uh, I think a little different rating system in Australia. You, you sent us five uh, movies, and I'm going to list them here in the order, I think, um, because in Australia... That's why I keep thinking it's five, because I saw her picture that has five Yeah, it videos. says G, PG, M, which is 15+, plus, and then MA, which is also 15+, plus, uh, for the fourth movie, and then R, which appears to be 18+. Plus. Oh. So they don't have a PG-13, they've got like a... Like little fifteen-year-olds and a hard PG thirteen rating. Um, it makes sense. That's she, where the majority of movies take place. It's in that space. Yeah. Hers was uh, Mighty Ducks three. Oh no, it's the Wait, three pack. Three? So maybe it's oh. maybe it's the Mighty Ducks series. Because um, I I'm, I cannot abide by Mighty Ducks three as being. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, you lose me. You lose me at two. Knuckle puck is yeah. all I need in this world. Okay, I don't need any any more. I need the knuckle puck, and that's it. Yeah, I don't need the, uh, the complicated college story of the third one. Oh, that's right. They did. They went yeah. to the. They go to Harvard or Ivy League it's private a, school. Yeah, it's a lot. Private boarding school. Um, remember the Titans is her PG movie. Great Fantastic. choice. Great choice. Love it. Also, uh, remember the Titans. Uh, where was that film, Dustin? Filmed at Berry College, right? Berry College, up in Rome, Georgia. Looks just yeah, like how about Harvard. That? Look, a great place. One of the one of the first movies to start breaking into the Georgia movie making market. That's uh, right. Her her PG thirteen light Empire Records. What a good movie, Dustin. God, were I love you, that movie. It, our high school put on a play of Empire Records. Were you in that play? I was not in that play. Oh, you were in the drama club at that. That time. was I was in the drama club, but that was a student led production, and I was not friends with drama kids then. I was okay. not a drama kid. During I remember our, our school year. putting on it uh, that 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 movie uh, or that play play version of that movie, and like one of the girls had a short skirt. I think love that movie. Great. Yep. Uh, her next movie is Con Air. Great movie. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a prisoner who's been shot down. I guess in a junkyard. No, not shot down. They they. Crash landed in the junkyard, but he is going home. It's his it's his last day in prison. He's taking an air airplane ride to a, another airport for a transfer, uh, which doesn't make any sense. Um, but he ends up on the same plane as a bunch of really bad serial killers that are going to go to a security max prison in Georgia. They call out that they were going to fly them to Georgia, um, and the Plane gets taken over by inmates, and would Nicolas you, Cage, Dustin, his would diabetic you rank friend, this is your favorite Nick Cage broken. movie. Shut up, Ryan. I'm is not done. Is this your done. favorite Nick Cage? This is not my favorite Nick Cage. I'm really liking I'm going later with the Rock. Nick Cage. I'm going with The Rock. Uh, that's my number one Nick Cage. And that's her last movie, R. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock. I love it. Another great movie, dude. Like that's it's a little weird to have two Nick, Nick Cages Cage. on your on your top five, but I'm here for it. I stand. Dude, when, 
when Nick Cage puts that circular poison ball in that guy's mouth and yeah, then that punches green, him in yeah. the face at the end to to kill the last bad guy, what a cool thing! Oh, I, I thought that it. was so cool. You know what else is cool? Uh, reviewing this challenge. Let's do it. Every week on our show, we create a custom review scale to review our custom challenge. No two challenges are alike, so no two scales can be alike. The responsibility for creating this scale falls to the only man who can do it. You know him as the Red Baron himself, Mr. Dustin Graham. What's our scale? Hi, y'all. It's me, the Red Baron. (laughs) Famous German fighter pilot, Red Baron. It's it's so nice to meet you. I'm from Frankfurt, Germany. And my airplane is so fast that you don't even see me before I shoot your plane out of the sky in a little dogfight, a little one-on-one dogfight. You think you're sniffing my butt? Mm-mm, I flip a little loop-to-loop. Now I'm sniffing your butt with my machine gun. Hi, I'm the Red Baron. Um, Red Baron, what is it you say when you shoot down an enemy plane? You, you say, that's another, I say, that's I say, another one. I say, and that's a win. There you go, Big Red. For what? the Kaiser. So, Mr. Baron. That's a win. What, what's our scale? <laughs> uh, uh, the Red Baron shot down the 700 Kaiser. planes <laughs> in World War One. Did he really? I have no idea. I know he shot down a lot. Uh, but I also uh, know he didn't kill that many people because uh, they just let each other parachute out of the planes. Yeah. They wouldn't try to kill the pilots. Imagine being that, that like, first dogfight pilot in a biplane to be like, oh, man, my airplane is screwed. I got this brand new parachute that they said would work. <laughs> Gotta get here I out go. of here. I'm yeah. going to get out of this plane. I imagine a lot of things in World War One were pretty shocking. Yeah, and, like, they, they're probably flying not that far off the ground, so how many of those parachutes didn't help at all? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. No, no, yeah. On a scale Ugh. from... Ooh, starting with heroin, ending with falling to your death. On a scale from one syringe of heroin to <laughs> a fully inflated parachute. Okay. How do you rate this challenge? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so um, on a scale of one... <laughs> one... Heroin syringe. You know, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to give this um, like a, uh, uh, like my parachute opened enough, but I broke my legs and a, <laughs> and my, a couple ribs. Okay. Okay. You know? Which it's is pretty good. But not soon enough. It's way better than... Like well, this is hard too because wait, on the other end of the spectrum, like a full syringe of heroin, you're dead. Oh, okay, okay, it's I awesome, see. It's but probably, you're gonna die. So it's a real. Uh, if we're talking movies here, it's a real downer situation. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm giving it. I'm I'm saying uh, it deployed enough. <laughs> I broke my legs. I broke a couple ribs, which in this scenario, pretty good. Is awesome, dude. <laughs> it is pretty I'm good. I'm stoked that you broke your legs. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I I was able to watch, unfortunately, only two of my movies. I got Inherent Vice and Master and Commander. I, I did not get back to Wally, uh, nor did I get back to whatever the other movie was, Hook. Um, uh, I've seen them enough. I will see them again. But, I'm, I, you know, busy life. Uh, can't Can't always do all these challenges. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it, man. It was fun. It's fun to decide what you like. I think, um, Mm -hmm. it's something, it's something I think about a good deal. Um, and if you'll forgive me for a second, a lot of people claim that, uh, gay guys have really great taste, like in design and in clothing and that, um, they have really intentional relationships. A lot of people will say sometimes, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, or for, you know, everybody's their own person. But I think it has something to do uh, with deciding at some point what it is you like, making choices. Um, and yeah. it's kind of fun. And it's 
it's so easy to go through life and just not think about what you actually like or make decisions. I know I'm making this sound more profound than it really is, but there is really something to be said for like, these are my favorite movies. I'm putting them down. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell people. It's a know thyself yeah. challenge. Like, yeah. Uh, going back to what you say, like uh, if, if it is true that gay men have better relationships it's because they know what they like and they're going out and getting what they like maybe after many years of repression and not going after what they like and going after the exact opposite of what they would want. Um, probably same thing for lesbians and other people on the on the spectrum of gender and sexual preference, blah, blah, blah. If you know what you like and go after and get what you want, that's great. And thinking about these movies, just thinking about all of the different types of G movies there are. You know, like Jaws was a PG movie. Oh, like that was really? a great movie. Yeah, great movie. But like that's I got not a Spielberg my favorite mo- PG my movie. List. Like what? I got a Spielberg movie on my list. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um like I could have put ET as my favorite PG movie. But it's it I just isn't. I was thinking this of like when I was a kid and when I was in the in the target audience for these ratings but um i broke one leg my parachute was open Uh, i still broke a leg i didn't watch the rescuers or the sandlot um but watch fifth element the big lebowski love just any chance to see those movies it was fun to look up the facts about rescuers down under and getting into the animation style those technical details are super cool um I just like movies, man. Like, movies are so cool. I would much rather watch a movie and have, like, a full story beginning and end in 90 minutes to 120 minutes. You know? Boom. I Absolutely. Don't, I'd, I'd rather not binge eight episodes of a miniseries in a weekend. Like, give me give me some variety. Give me some other stories, you know? Yeah, and it's it's interesting the the stories we chose. I mean, I have Wally in there, which I would I would characterize as I think it's the only like modern movie on our list, right? Yeah, yeah. Because even Master Commander, like that's filmed on film. It's it's a, a massive budget, real effects, Fifth Element, same thing. Um, yeah, all of mine were made in the nineties. Yeah, all of you. You had a 90s. few in the two thousands, right? Um, and it's um. Movies like that don't exist anymore, and I love the Avengers movies. Like I, I think they're great, but they are not like these movies. Um, there's something to be said for them. I don't know. There's something to be said. I don't know. The Coen Brothers keep making movies. Paul yeah, Thomas Anderson no, it's keeps true. making movies. Like th- these movies still keep yeah. coming. But um, we could talk these into the ground. But yeah, Avengers just... is full of computer effects and actors looking at sticks with a tennis ball on the end, whereas Master and Commander. They're on a ship in the ocean. Like, yeah, you just, everything makes me feels feel different. different. Yeah. It makes me feel different. It, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that being said, Mandalorian's great. You ready to pick next week's said, challenge? Mandalorian's great. <laughs> next challenge. Speaking of Mandalorian, David yeah. Cho is a badass artist, does a lot of work on Mandalorian too, as far as like set decorations and stuff like that. There's some scenes where there's a bunch of Star Wars graffiti all over. And like, he oversaw this like giant set building. Super cool shit, and he had these graffiti artists graffiti over and over and over and over to just, like, build this depth and this feel of, like, hundreds of years, you know, of yeah. graffiti, of alien graffiti. Super neat stuff. Uh, Do you know challenge. how they film? Uh, have you seen, like, the behind the scenes of how they film Mandalorian? Yeah, they have, like, that new computer high-def matte technology to where it's not green screen, like... That the the background is there, but it's still projected on a big like panoramic screen. The background is a massive like basically LED or television screen. Yeah, and it is uh, connected through software with the camera. So as the camera moves, the background moves, so it looks like the actors are in real space. It's the weirdest cool. thing in the world. It's like a curved round room that they go into. That you know, it looked like almost every scene in that show, they're in that thing. It's amazing. Let's it's get amazing. out of this thing. Let's <laughs> go into the new thing. Yeah. Okay. 
Rhino, the Dino. What are we doing this week? Hey, it's me, Rhino the Dino. Uh, this week's challenge is uh, actually your idea, Dustin. Yep. Uh, you texted me this uh, oh, two weeks ago before you picked the, uh, this week's challenge, and I was surprised when you came up with the movie challenge instead of the one you suggested. So maybe you could uh, tell me, Rhino the Dino, and the nice uh, adventure dinks at home uh, what this week's challenge is. You got it, Rhino the Dino. And when I texted you on your oversized phone designed just for Tyrannosaurus Rex hands, uh, I said, let's do a sea shanty challenge. <laughs> yeah, man, sea shanty. It was very popular a week ago. Let's see if it's popular next week. Yeah, <laughs> we really missed the boat. We missed the boat. <laughs> what would you do with really? a drunken sailor? Um I love it, man. I love a good sea shanty. That uh, that one that got popular last week, I, f- I freaking love that song. The Wellerman. Yeah. There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a belly of tea. So, what's the, so the challenge is to, to do what? Huh. Soon may the Wellerman come, come to bring, to bring us sugar and tea. And and yeah. One we day need when the tugging is done, we'll take our leave, take and, our leave go. and go. I don't. I, I'm not a singer. No, You're the there's singer. There's other pitches. And the the challenge is we need to we need to take that feeling of a sea shanty and make it our own. And we need to write our own modern time sea shanty. Or I mean, it doesn't have to be about modern times, but we're gonna write it in 2021. And we're gonna have a good old sea shanty. And are we gonna try and? Uh, record this song together with some friends i think i think we'll do our best let's write let's not let's let's under promise and over deliver so hey we're gonna write a sea shanty <laughs> yeah write and and see if you can record or perform live on the show uh sea shanty um that's good we haven't done a creative one in a minute and we haven't done have we ever done a musical one no i don't think so oh that'll be cool and i imagine the interesting facts will be interesting yeah, yeah, all about pirates. I love it. Dustin, where can they find us on Instagram? At Do It or Else Pod. It's an Instagram account where you can chime in. Yeah, and that's send pretty us, That's pretty much things. enough. If you want to be on the show, call in 724-DO-IT-POD. Yep. Um, you got to figure out how those letters turn into numbers. We don't know. All right? Yeah. We don't. Nobody told us. They just told us Do It Pod. Not once. They say those are... Those words are numbers. The listeners know what that means. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I don't know what the theme song is at the beginning of the show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't understand a large parts of this show. Does it it just happen this way? Yeah. <laughs> 724 do it pod. Get your butt on. You know what guys, put it in put it in right now. The show is ending. You don't even have to listen the next few seconds. Just Save that number into your phone. You don't have to call. 724, do it, pod. Just, uh, and actually, I think Elsie Barnett sent us a voicemail. I I totally forgot last second. Elsie, didn't forget about you. Hang on, we're going to come right back. Hey, guys. Thanks for another awesome challenge idea. This week, I learned that I really love movies from the late 90s that star Nick Cage, apparently. Keep up the great work. <laughs> she really does. We love Nick Cage, too. We, yeah, we, we're with you. But, like, it's interesting that they're so highly ranked. <laughs> like, you have no other interest, I guess. It's just Nick Cage posters all over your house. It, hey, if you're running out of wallpaper in Australia, you can use Nick Cage posters to cover up holes in your wall or whatever. They, they do great. Elsie, thanks for sending in that voicemail. Yeah, Elsie. Appreciate it. If we if we ever uh, produce some merch, you're getting some free merch, Elsie. Super uh, s- Southern Hemisphere fan. Yeah, I admire the the effort from Down Under, getting on the show here in the Deep South. And as always, the winner of the slogan contest will be announced next week. What would you do with a drunken sailor lying in the morning? Huh. <laughs> <laughs>